We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, Steven here. I want to talk to you for a second about our sponsor, Manscaped. If you're looking for the best way to help your loved ones out in this holiday season, look no further than Manscaped. Manscaped has the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competitions. It is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and have hygiene products uh, that are now available across Europe, Canada, and Australia. Uh, you can use the promo code GUILTY at checkout for an additional 20% off your order. Definitely make sure and check out their boxers. Big fan of those as well as their crop preserver ball deodorant. Yes, that's right. They now have deodorant for your balls. Like I said, use that promo code GUILTY at checkout for an additional 20% off. And as always, thank you for your support. And a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you from the Guilty as Charged podcast. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Got a fun show for you guys tonight, and first of all, I want to say a happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, Hopefully, you get to take a nice day off, eat some turkey, uh, watch some football. Unfortunately, one of the games got canceled, but still a fun holiday nonetheless. Uh, Mixing it up today, Alex was unable to join me today to do our normal preview show, but thankfully, Tyler was available. Uh, So, Tyler, thanks for stepping in, man, and how you doing? Yeah, happy to be here. I'm I'm so glad I was able to do a game preview. I have yet to do that so far this year because of school. Um, so having, of course, school off this week and be able to do this preview is great. Um, otherwise, I'm doing well. Just helping the family set up right now and get ready for Thanksgiving. We're hosting this year, so it should be fun. Man, I, I love Thanksgiving. I don't know about everyone else, but I, I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving. You know, eat a lot of good food, watch some football. There's mm-hmm. nothing better to me. And honestly, I think one of my favorite Thanksgivings was when the Chargers got to play on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and that Keenan Allen game in Dallas, man. That was a lot of fun. Um, what is Thanksgiving usually like for you guys? Uh, well, usually we go to my, my grandparents' house, but just because, um, you know, everyone's getting a little bit older. Now my mom's taking up the thing. So, you know, my parents host now. So uh, in a non-COVID situation, we're playing football at some point. But I think this year it's just yeah. going to be, it's you know, it's going to be less people at the house. Um so yeah, we're just we're just hosting, serving food, watching football, keeping it pretty mellow. Um, yeah, usually there'd be like a football, and maybe the girls would go shopping or something, or not shopping, like watch a movie or whatever, while the guys, you know, got drunk and watched football or whatever. So, <laughs> except for me, I can't drink, and neither can my dad. But the other, the white people in the family would drink, and you know that. Anyway, <laughs> we don't, we're not alcoholics. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so a lot of football, a lot of food. There, that's my answer. There we go. That's the best kind of holiday. Are you guys uh, a turkey family or a ham family? Definitely a turkey family. We we uh, deep fry our turkeys, so they're they're freaking delicious. Oof. It's so good. We yeah. stick two turkeys in the fryer, and they're 
amazing. Oh, man. I cannot wait for tomorrow. And uh, mm-hmm. I tweeted this out, but I'm introducing my in-laws to Thanksgiving mac and cheese. It's going to be wonderful. Can't nice. wait to eat that. Um, I I love turkey, man. I know people these days are, you know, mixing it up and get some brisket in there or hams, like I said. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a turkey guy through and through. And I'm not a big ham guy in Me general. Neither. So uh, definitely excited for tomorrow and definitely excited for this weekend. I think... You know, the news of of the week, obviously, is Austin Eckler and Chris Harris. Chris Harris and Austin Eckler have been designated to return off of injured reserve. Uh, They were not obviously listed on the injury report because of that fact, because they have not been activated yet. I tweeted this out. I feel like Austin Eckler coming back to this team is huge. And you feel the same way. He was one of your highest graded players when we did our quarterly grades. How much of an impact do you think Austin Eckler is going to have this week and how confident you would feel in, in this game this weekend? If he returns, and I'll just say at half snap capacity or so, I really think it does just adds another layer to this offense. There isn't a guy, you know, Kalen Balazs doesn't line up wide, you know, like Austin Eckler does and catch a 40 yard, you know, vertical right. for a touchdown. The guy is incredible. He's a, you know, and yeah, I had a graded higher than Keenan Allen. I just think. Based on what he was doing at the time, he was outperforming everybody above the expectations, you know, making, you know, missed tackles and forcing missed tackles and just making plays like nobody else was and giving Herbert, you know, a really good chance to win some of these games. And him returning, if anything else, it just gives the offense a different look that the defense maybe not won't be ready for, or they just, you know, they're not quite sure. When you have Kalen Balaj, you know, you're not really expecting him to do a whole lot maybe in the receiving game. You know, Austin Eckler, even if he's even not even that healthy, you could fake it and just send him out wide. And now they have to, you know, they have to account for him. There's so much you can do with him. They have to respect him. Um, so I just think there's, do I think they win if he returns? Eh, but they are a lot better team because of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree there. And, you know, he he's just such a versatile weapon. And we saw in the first couple of weeks that he really was taking, you know, big positive steps forward in in terms of becoming like a true RB one. And, you know, he was so good in the running game, particularly against Carolina, uh, just making people miss in the holes and being able to be explosive out on the edges and, and having him back, even if it's 20 snaps this weekend, which, uh, I feel like that's more likely than him, you know, obviously playing the full workload. I feel like if he does play, it's going to be on a snap count. Um, but like you mentioned, he's just, he offers so he he brings such a versatile skill set to this team. And we've seen in the past couple of weeks that Justin Herbert is really like getting a feel for checking the ball down to the running backs and getting it out in, in space to Joshua Kelly and Kalen Balazs. But they're not Austin Eckler, man. And Austin Eckler can do so many special things after the catch that I think him coming back would be huge. Obviously, Chris Harris, you know, brings a, a much needed boost to this team. And you talked about, uh, you know, Trey Turner, what he's done for the offensive line in the, in the game and a half because he left early for the, the stitches and possible concussion. But uh, I feel like Chris Harris can do a similar thing for this secondary as what Trey Turner has been doing for the offensive line. Uh, would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree. And that was the part of what made, you know, this defense so intriguing at the beginning of this or prior to the season when Derwin James is healthy. Because, yeah, Derwin James is a dog, but now you have another guy who's super confident when it will chirp at the quarterback or whoever he's I'm excited because yeah, like you, like Trey Turner just brought something else to this offense. And fortunately he played, you know, pretty decent in pass protection this past weekend, but just having a guy who's going to honestly take a swing at another player, get in the defender's face, you know, for, for Chris Harris to be able to do that, but on defense, I think it means a lot. And the chargers aren't going to win this game without some emotion, you know, and I think that Chris Harris could absolutely provide that. And more than anything, too, I think it helps out Casey Hayward because, you know, what they were doing in tandem with Michael Davis on the other side, working against Kansas City, it was wonderful. And I believe I, I had to cram for this session. Sorry. So I don't know everything. But, <laughs> but uh, Josh, two of Josh Allen's picks this year were, were two corners working in tandem. But one guy would take him deep and pass him off and the other one would undercut and, and pick him off. So, you know, Chris Harris, well, if Casey Hayward plays... But just having that duo on one side with Davis doing you know a pretty de- decent job on the other, that's that's pretty exciting. So I think he brings obviously the talent, ball hawk skills, the emotion, and obviously the veteran leadership. So it, he, his impact can't be understated. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think it allows them a lot of flexibility. You know, we saw uh, Tavon Campbell, you know, kind of go outside once Casey Hayward was down. We we obviously saw today that uh, Brandon Faison was activated off of the COVID list, which is huge. Yep. So it seems like the secondary is, is, is getting healthy. And uh, man, do they need it this week against the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about on your own Twitter page, just like what this Buffalo receiving core can do and, and how much of a challenge this is going to be uh, for the Chargers secondary. What did you see from the Bills uh, offense and particularly the, the receivers when you were watching that game against uh, the Cardinals? Steven, I picked one play and put that on Twitter. And that is okay. as, <laughs> that is as far as I got from that game. So, um, you know, they, they took a shot deep and it worked. There, that's what I can tell you. <laughs> And that's, but seriously though, like just that play, I mean, the safety being late, you know, the receiver blowing by the corner just looks like a good old Casey Hayward Nasir Adderley special this year. So I'm worried about yeah. that. It, it is a challenging thing. I, you know, I, I did watch the entire game of, of theirs against the Cardinals and it, it's just the versatility that they can bring because Stefan Diggs. He's a great route runner, but he can also you know burn your deep. John Brown, same kind of thing. Cole Beasley is a, a really nice slot receiver uh, who's honestly really underrated. And so yeah. it, it's going to be a, a quite a challenge for this Charger secondary. And so Chris Harris, even in, if it's a limited fashion, you know, coming back is is huge. In terms of other injuries, uh, Kalen Blas was limited. We saw him kind of limp off at the end of the game, which right. you know prompted Joshua Kelly and and Charming Pope a little more action so uh, obviously want him at full speed and even if Austin Eckler is able to go I think you know having that one-two punch is crucial this week uh, Brian Balaga listed as a full uh, he has he's listed with a knee injury but full practice obviously is a good sign and then really the, the did not practice is Casey Hayward Melvin Ingram Uchenna and Wosu is uh, that's not fun and Wosu oh. obviously we knew about because of the shoulder injury but uh, Casey Hayward did not practice with a groin and Melvin Ingram did not practice with a knee injury. And um, I know Melvin Ingram hasn't been the most productive player over the last couple of weeks, but if they don't have Ingram or Unwosa this week, that's that's going to be tough for them to generate a consistent pass rush. Yeah, I mean, Joey Bosa does pretty well by himself, but he really can't just do it by himself. Uh, if if Ingram and, and Unwosa are out, I mean, Emeka Egbule, however you say his name, had a decent mini showing against the Saints, but asking him to do that, you know, fifty pass or you know whatever fifty pass rush snaps, that's uh, that's a tough one. And I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I didn't exactly watch what I don't remember Ingram getting hurt. Do you? No, I didn't remember him getting hurt. I I, I watched it on film. I didn't watch it the game. I I didn't see him like limp off or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh... I hate to give him a pass and say it's a lingering thing that they just haven't listed. That's why he's been struggling, but eh, I don't really buy that. Uh, yeah, if, if they don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Do you just stick Tillery and, and, and Bosa out there and just call it a two defensive end kind of defense? I mean, it, Kaiser White's not playing either, so it's not like they can just roll out the Sam that they want either. So I don't know what you're going to do to set the edge. Yeah, this is going to put them in a, in a bind. And I, Jerry Tillery can obviously play defensive end. He did that against the Raiders, but... I mean, they've been pretty specific in wanting it like a more athletic, undersized right. type of player at the Leo position. And, you know, Jerry Tillery is is not undersized at all. <laughs> I mean, he's a little undersized for defensive tackle, but definitely not at the Leo position. So I, I would guess that they would kind of rotate, you know, Tillery maybe in there on, on rundowns and then put him in uh, in passing situations at defensive tackle and then bring an egg belay off the bench, like you mentioned, in passing situations. But you know, even though Ingram has not been himself, like that, not having him and Wilson is, is a huge blow. And, you know, they did an okay job getting after Joe Flacco, but, mm-hmm. you know, getting 16 pressures and only one sack, you know, granted they should have had two, but they only sure. had one sack and 16 pressures against Joe Flacco. That's not going to cut it against, you know, Josh Allen this week. And, uh, definitely just is not a good situation. The Casey Hayward one. That's tough. I, I, similar to Melvin Ingram, he's not been himself, but you know Brandon Faison is definitely an, a downgrade from Casey Hayward and putting him against Stephon Diggs. Like, jeez, <laughs> uh, that would not be fun at all, and uh, <laughs> that definitely makes me nervous. I know, like, I'm much more confident in Casey Hayward shadowing Stephon Diggs than I would be anyone else on the Chargers roster, even Chris Harris. So, mm-hmm. uh, just not a good situation for the Chargers secondary. 
Not at all. I'm hoping, not hoping. Well, a, I'm hoping he, that Hayward plays, and that it just, I don't know, he's a vet and bad day, and just needed a break. Hopefully, wishful thinking. Um, a lot of these injured players trying to play the ten o'clock game after traveling in the in the freezing cold or whatever it's going to be. Probably is not going to be very fun if you're injured and cramping and hurting and and sore. Um, I guess Harris would cover Diggs. I mean, I don't know what else you would do. I wouldn't really want to put face on on Diggs. And you just put <laughs> Tavon Campbell in the slot. Like, that's what we're going to yeah. do. Uh, that'll be really interesting because, you know, I don't know if Chris Harris is going to be on a snap count. I True. think that probably would be smart because they don't want to overwork him. And mm-hmm. I could honestly see them holding Casey out because he hasn't finished. He didn't finish the game against the Jets, and he didn't finish the game against the Saints because of uh, lingering. In- I think it's the same groin injury that he's been struggling with. Hmm. Um, but you know, we've we've heard Anthony Lynn say like we don't want to start a player and then you know have to you know put in someone else and, and not have an, a, a backup plan from the practice squad or any kind of thing. So I could honestly see them holding Casey Hayward out and starting Brandon Face on and, and working in. Uh, Chris Harris in the slot, maybe get some reps on Stephon Diggs as well. But I mean, Chris Harris hasn't played since the Carolina game, so I, I'd hardly be comfortable with him you know, <laughs> guarding Stephon Diggs for <laughs> forty pass reps. Like that's just that's asking to get beat, man. <laughs> I, I honestly, yeah, no, that's that's rough. I think they're just gonna have to suck it up and play. The season is over if they. I mean, yeah, it's it's really kind of over, but technically, it's really not. You know, mathematically, I suppose they could, if they win this game, they, the season is completely alive. And if they yeah. lose, there's nothing to come back to. Like, what are you holding yourself out for? The the next week where you're you're already just not going to make the playoffs almost guaranteed. So I just think they got to go all in, suck it up, and, yeah. and <laughs> I don't know, take all the rib shots and just stick it everywhere else in your body and numb everything else and just you're good to go. <laughs> no rib injections, though, please. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, I think if Casey Hayward plays and Chris Harris plays and you can get both of them on snap counts and you can rotate it, rotate Brandon face on in, you can rotate Tavon Campbell in who just had his best game. So, you know, like I said, this is as healthy as the secondary has been. And, you know, maybe that's for the best this, this week against the bills. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned the season being over. I was, I was talking with, uh, um, one of Brooks uncles is a Cowboys fan and he was like, Mm. yeah, we, us and the Chargers fans, we have we have the same record, and it's like, yeah, oh, but me. you could still win your freaking division because the <laughs> AFC East or the Host NFC East is so bad. Oh, yeah, and if, and they're probably well, they, I don't know about probably, but they could win this weekend and end up hosting. I hate them. Yeah. I hate that stupid division. Yeah, they play the Washington football team, and uh, whoever wins that game is first place in the in the NFC East. Man, that's disgusting. It is disgusting, and I was hoping to talk to Alex about this because Alex, you know, obviously is is a part time Eagles fan or or whatever, and uh, the Eagles blew it, man. They really did because their next three games they get the Seahawks, they get the Saints, and I think they get uh, like the Rams or something else oh, too, yikes. and then they get the Cardinals. So the Eagles blew it big time. <laughs> yeah, they did. Was it the? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it like the seven or like six, nine, and one or something Seahawks? that hosted the Saints with the Marshawn Lynch touchdown run. I want to say that they had like a not very good record and they oh, just the, barely yeah, made yeah. it with the Beast Quake run. The I think they were like, like an iffy record. Like the record wasn't very good. So who knows? You know, maybe we'll get an Ezekiel Elliott Beast Quake. <laughs> this Cowboys team, man. You know, a couple of weeks ago they were talking about already firing Mike McCarthy and now they might win the division. <laughs> <laughs> Do oh, you even, like, would wild. you... I mean, yeah, I guess I'd want the Chargers to win the division if they were in that division. But, man, just to get spanked by somebody else in the playoffs? I don't know, man. I mean, I guess it would depend kind of how you finish. Like, the Chargers have True. six games left, right? And so, you know, they win last week. Like, if if they go 5-2 and two down the last seven games, like, and obviously win the division, like, I would feel pretty confident in them being able to, you know, keep that hot streak going. But True. You know, the Cowboys certainly have the talent around Andy Dalton to uh, keep some momentum going. And, you know, the Giants are very young. Obviously, they don't have their best player in Saquon. Washington, as much as I love Alex Smith, like, really, what does he give you? Right. And then the Eagles are just a mess all around and possibly benching Carson Wentz. So, 
I mean, Dallas might honestly win this division, which is it's so disgusting. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to this. So um, I want to bring up the Buffalo Bills injuries as well. The the big one really was that John Brown did not practice. He's listed as an ankle injury. He as as far as I know, he finished the game in Arizona. Obviously, the Bills coming off their bye week. Um, if he doesn't play, obviously that frees up some some. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Davis could then take some reps on Stephon Diggs, which Davis has arguably been the the best corner on this team. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on for John Brown there. Yeah, John Brown's been kind of inconsistent this year. I only know that because I owned him in fantasy. And as much <laughs> as I like him for his reliability last year, I, I don't remember if they've been holding him out the first practice and then he just kind of ramps it up and goes. He's been an odd one, so it's definitely worth monitoring the rest of the week. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what NFL teams are doing tomorrow. I assume they don't have the day off, but um, you know, definitely something to keep an eye on because John Brown really you know, he's able to take enough attention away from Diggs and Cole Beasley that it frees more things up. But, um, you know, if they're their full arsenal, I think this is a tough matchup for the Chargers. So uh, let's get into some keys to our some keys to victory for the Chargers. I think the first one for me is they have to capitalize on Josh Allen's mistakes. And, you know, I know me and Alex have joked a bunch about being Josh Allen haters and, uh, you know, his best attribute is his legs, which is fine. I just want my quarterbacks to be able to uh, have more consistent passing attacks. But, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's improved so much and, and credit to the Buffalo Bills coaching staff, he still makes like four or five really boneheaded throws a game. And, you know, the Cardinals really should have beaten them rather easily because, you know, they had two interceptions, but they could have had four or five, honestly. Wow. And so, you know, Josh Allen, he – is very much like Philip Rivers where if he loses confidence and, and, you know, it has like a snowball effect. And so the Chargers cannot drop interceptions this week. You know, they had the chance to get three against the Dolphins. They got zero. That cannot happen this week. So my first key to the game, you have to make Josh Allen pay. You have to get at least two turnovers to kind of, you know, steal some momentum. We saw them get a pick six last week from Tavon Campbell. I'm not saying they have to get a pick six, but you got to get at least two turnovers this week, in my opinion, to beat the Buffalo Bills. That's a great point. And you know, I know you showed it on Twitter, but just watching Josh Allen just a little bit, sometimes he just forgets how to be a quarterback. I didn't watch the beginning of, like, I haven't watched any Buffalo Bills games in full. I don't, I just watch the Chargers games. But, <laughs> you know, and whatever t- you know, opponent maybe that week. But sometimes he'll just make these boneheaded throws. I don't know if that's more yeah. recently, but his completion percentage has dropped quite a bit. And he's also like, he opened the game against the Chiefs with three straight misses. Wide open receivers, miss, miss, miss. It's like, what are you doing? There are, there are just moments where it's like he forgets how to be a passing quarterback. It's really strange. So, yeah, please capitalize on those mistakes. As far as a, a key for me, yeah, yeah, it's really, look, I didn't prepare as much for this one because I didn't know I was doing it about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> look, you got to get a good pass rush. The, the Bills are... They have their pass rushing efficient, or excuse me, the pass blocking efficiencies, 0.2, I think, percent better than the Chargers. So it's not like they're all that great. So yeah. get to Josh Allen. And I guess in a secondary, I'm sure you can talk about this too. Like a secondary key is have some sort of spy on him. You know, he's only averaging, I think, 3.9 yards per carry, but still 279 rushing yards on 72 attempts. I don't remember the last time the Chargers played a quarterback who could run like that. Uh, uh. Mahomes, yeah, that's really... like they haven't. Re- I mean, like Allen is definitely like going to be a, a rushing threat in this game, and right. so somebody's got to step up and take care of that. So I guess those are my two ish keys. Yeah, I, I to me, like you, you watch the Buffalo Bills, and, and like the first thing that jumps out of you is how often they use him, Josh Allen, in the run game, and so you know they'll do quarterback draws three or four times a game and obviously we saw in week 1 the Chargers get burned by one we saw the Mahomes beat them with a, a quarterback draw too so uh if it were me you know we we've seen Kenneth Murray kind of start games hot and then as the game goes on he just kind of struggles to make plays and so mm-hmm. if it were me I would just say Kenneth you know what you got Josh Allen yep. you spy him if he rolls out of the pocket which they do quite often mm-hmm. uh if he tries to escape you get him you 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 watch number 17 and you just go make plays. And that's what he did at Oklahoma quite a bit. 
Yeah. Um, which is why I thought it was, I always thought it was so funny. Like the narrative of like, he can't cover. It's like, well, Oklahoma never really gave him the chance because right. they always just did quarterback spies or running back spies. And, um, so to me, I think that obviously helps the overall team, but it would help Kenneth Murray quite a bit, be able to just, you know, see ball, get ball, not have to think so much and just be able to fly around. And so, uh, I'm not saying it has to happen all the time. We saw them do it a little bit with the Chenna and Wosu. Um, I forget who it was against, but Teddy Ridgewater. Uh, that's right. Thank you. Or that was the first um, time I noticed it. Yeah. But if you do that with like MK Eggboule, like that's just not the same thing. Like, <laughs> like it needs to be a Kenneth Murray or Denzel Perryman that is spying him is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, great point. Um, and that, that'd be wonderful for Kenneth Murray. Like you said, he showed flashes. He was very hot to begin the game against the jets. You know, I, that might've been one of the first times I saw him just instinctively fly through the line of scrimmage and get the running back. I don't like he's shown signs of going to get the running back and you know going to the line of scrimmage. But I don't remember the last time I saw him just blow through it, knowing like he saw it on film or whatever, exactly where that running back was going and make that play. So yeah, if he can have the, you know, the bills rushing attack is okay in terms of the running backs. There's some, Zach Moss guy, I think, on that yeah, team. Some some random guy. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, I I said no to a trade for CD Lamb for Zach Moss at the beginning of the year from Steven, and I immensely regret that. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. What was I thinking? Yeah, well, you're oh a homer, gosh. that's why. And I was like, ah, see, <laughs> I don't need CD Lamb. Like, I got Zach Moss gonna be great. Anywho, having Murray do that and just see ball get ball, like you said. That's wonderful for him. So I, I, that could be an interesting role for him. And I think he'd do pretty well in it. I do as well. And I just think, like I said, it would make things easier for him. And, you know, you mentioned Zach Moss and Devin Singletary is their other guy. Honestly, like if I'm, if I'm playing the Buffalo Bills, I'm letting the running game do whatever they want. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, yep. Mm-hmm. As much as I personally love Zach Moss, the Bills do not love Zach Moss. <laughs> <laughs> they like Josh Allen running more than their running backs, frankly. True. And so, uh, to me, I would almost play dime package like the entire game, you know, whether that's Jalen Watkins, Jaleel Adai or Tavon Campbell and really just sell out against the pass. I think if you want to be the Buffalo Bills, first and foremost, you got to stop Josh Allen running. So get more athletes on the field. And secondly, you got to shut down Stefan Diggs somehow, whether that's double teaming him or, or, you know, having the free safety go over the top. Uh, so I think dime playing the dime package just makes a lot of sense this week. Um, let's get to some offensive keys. And obviously we know that Justin Herbert had a huge game last week. So did Keenan Allen. I'm going to be really interested to see what Buffalo does with Tredavious white this week, because mm-hmm. he's typically shadowing the number one wide receiver of opposing teams. And he's fantastic. He's probably the best corner in the AFC. I don't know about the whole league because Jalen Ramsey, but, uh, Tredavious white is a special cornerback and, so I'm interested to see what they do with him because he typically does not travel into the slot, which is where mm. Keenan Allen plays a lot. Um, so if Tredavious White is, you know, guarding Mike William, Mike Williams the most of the game, uh, Mike Williams is not going to be getting many catches. I can <laughs> tell you that much. So uh, someone besides Keenan Allen, I think, has to step up and make plays. I, listen, 16 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown was amazing. Yep. But someone else besides Keenan Allen needs to make plays this week for me. No, absolutely. It, well, if, if Trey wants to go ahead and shout out Mike Williams and let Keenan Allen have a day again, then that's fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just where I think Eckler kind of comes in. He's almost like a wide receiver three. And I'd, I'd rather yeah. him line up out there for like, you know, actual possession wide receiver three than a guy like Jalen Guyton. I know Guyton has a role in this team or even Tyron Johnson. You know, Guyton clears guys out to catch a couple screens. Um, I think he even caught a ball over the middle last week. You know, but Eckler's just different, and if he can be out there, I think that would that would be the guy that steps up. Or even if it's limited, I think that would just be enough to give the Chargers that extra juice against this defense. Yeah, I think that's spot on, and yeah, you know, Austin Eckler just brings so much juice to this team. And you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, you know, Tyron Johnson and, and Jalen Guyton have combined to, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they've combined to hit more 50 yard pass, more 50 yard receptions than any Chargers receivers last year, which, you know, they were a huge concern that wide wide receiver three spot was a huge concern heading into this season. But, you know, it seems like they're finding some uh, some really nice players in Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson. So I think to me, the other key 
as much as I want to see them let Justin Herbert cook and let him throw 45 times a game, it's probably going to be cold this weekend in Buffalo. Yeah. And so, you know, they got to average more than three yards of carry. <laughs> no doubt. The run game has to get going this week. And, you know, the offensive line, as soon as Trey Turner left, man, the, the running game just went down the hole. It really did. And, you know, they've got to get some push against this Buffalo front and let Kalen Blas, Joshua Kelly, Austin Eckler, if he's playing, be able to get into space and make some plays and get some big runs. I think the longest run in the last couple of weeks was that 17-yard run that Balaj had uh, against the Jets. So, you know, the running game needs to do some damage this week. I'm not saying that it has to be run-oriented, which unfortunately it probably will, as you mentioned on Twitter, but uh, <laughs> the run game needs to get going. Do the Chargers usually carry three or four? They carry at least three running backs on game day, but do they ever carry four? They have in the past, uh, especially with you know a guy like Pope who does some work in the return game. Sure. So I would imagine that if Eckler plays, it would still be, you know, maybe they would have Pope be inactive or maybe Kelly. That's would what be I'm. Inactive. That's what I'm getting at because he was. I guess I think Popper said he was benched after the. I mean, I think he did take a snap on offense, but if he's in the doghouse and Eckler's back and Pope's back and and Balaj is healthy. I still think they'll have four guys because Eckler's a question mark, Balazs is a question mark, and Pope is still just getting back into things. But yeah, I'd keep my eye on that one because it's not like, I mean, they've inactivated fifth round picks this year. So I might as well inactivate a fourth round pick this year. So yeah, who knows? I think, and I'm going to predict, I predict, I don't know how I'm going to predict this or how to make this make any sense. I think there are plays that we've been waiting for the Chargers to run that they are going to run this game. I just have, I couldn't even tell you, explain to this how it makes any sense. I feel like the Chargers hold off some things until more necessary games. And I think we haven't seen Joe Reed for a while. I don't I don't think KJ Hill's going to be involved at all. I haven't really seen a Donald Parham thing, you know, get in the mix. I don't think we've seen that tight end screen for a while. I don't even did they even run a running back screen last week? I think there are just some plays, and this is part of the keys to them winning on offense. I think we're going to see some things that we haven't seen the last couple of weeks. And I think yeah. they know this is a huge game against a very good team and a, a team that, you know, Anthony Lynn was a part of and that Tyrod Taylor was a part of. So I think they're going to pull out more stops this game than we've seen the last couple of weeks. Definitely against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And uh, this kind of made me think, you know, of obviously the other news that we forgot to mention is the, is the George Stewart situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been relieved of his special teams coordinator position. And um, I want to say his name is, I know his first name is Keith. I forget his last name right now. He's been elevated from special teams assistant Burns? to special teams coordinator. Yeah. Keith Burns. Thank you. He's the guy who wears the the shorts as his mask. That's how I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who he's that the, was the entire year. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> I'm like, how many, I'm like, is that, that's not George Stewart. Who is that? So, yeah, I know. Yeah. But of you can never tell back. because he's wearing shorts <laughs> on his face. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, well, man. It, it's an interesting move. I, you know, I'm definitely not surprised that they didn't decide to fire Stewart because Anthony Lynn, you know, he loves George Stewart and yeah. the players really like him too. You know, there, there have been several players on this team that have come out and said that, you know, George Stewart is someone that we really, really respect, that we really like. It's just, he unfortunately was in a, in a, position that didn't really suit him you know you mentioned that his acumen for for coaching receivers that he did from you know from his days in minnesota and and he was able to kind of coach percy harvin and cordero cordero patterson uh to their best seasons and and you know he launched stefan Diggs's career too so he's got a lot of experience working res- with receivers and so uh what i'm getting at here is that it would not surprise me if we finally saw joe reed get you know three or four touches this week Mm. Uh, because of of what George Stewart's experience is with the receiver position. That's an interesting call. I will definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, as far as the news goes, not I'm surprised, I guess. Not really. Like something did have to change. Anthony yeah. couldn't quite answer the questions. Like just something needed to change. And I think it's kind of a hint at how the season's going to play out, where regardless of how the team finishes, Lynn's going to make changes on special teams and on defense until he's the last guy standing next year from, you know, the previous, I guess, last year's regime and the 2017 regime. And it's just going to be all about him, you know, getting wins to see if they can, you know, keep him and, and obviously to let's go too. Um, but yeah, Stewart sticking around is not a huge surprise. If you watched 
hard knocks this year. So I almost called it backstage chargers. You know, Stewart was a big part of them. You know, yeah. the, a lot of the commentary about the things that were going on around the country. And, you know, first it shocked me, like offensive system. What? You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't name another offensive analyst in the NFL. That's not, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what position that is. I even I even scrolled through their, you know, their their Chargers staff. And that's not like a thing that they usually have. They have quality control. But I don't know what an offensive analyst is. Um, <laughs> it just seems like a, a made up title because they didn't it's want to a say made up title. He got yeah. demoted. It might as well be a made-up title. I mean, I feel like when we watch film, we're an offensive analyst. I mean, they're going to hire us at any time. You know, <laughs> get wish. the ball to Joe Reed. There's my analysis. There you Haley. go. <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of, I do sort of feel bad for him this particular year. There are too many things from too many years that have been problems. So I understand moving on now or at any point. But, you know, Joshua Kelly whiffs on a on a punt block that he should have absolutely had more effort on. You know, Michael Badgley's missing, you know, game-winning kicks. You know, KJ Hill's muffing a punt. You know, so they're just some of the things I kind of feel bad for him for. But, I mean, things got to change. Um, as far as Joe Reed getting more snaps on offense because of him, that's a great call. If it happens, I'll definitely think about I'll, I'll be watching it the entire game thinking about that. Um, we'll, we'll see. That's a good call. Yeah, I think it just it, it makes a lot of sense to me that the – one of the things that they introduced this past weekend was was having, you know, two players in the backfield with Justin Herbert while they were doing RPO mm. run pass option looks. And so, you know, it was Gabe Neighbors and it was Steven Anderson. And so I think there is a path to getting Joe Reed more involved. And, in. you know, we saw him, you know, in in training camp do some things with the running backs. So I think there's a good path to Joe Reed becoming a weapon on this team. Obviously depends who the coaching staff is next year, but Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, in, in terms of the special teams, I, I don't know how much I expect it to change. Honestly, right. I just think this is Anthony Lynn saying, you know what, we need to try and do something different. It clearly is not working. And, you know, I, I've always <laughs> known the Chargers to be bad at special teams. So I didn't really like mm-hmm. pay attention until, uh, you know, obviously I started talking about them and writing about them in the last couple of years, but, you know, hiring a guy like George Stewart and putting him at special teams coordinator never really made sense to me. So Keith Burns has has been a special teams assistant. He's been a special teams coordinator. He was a special teams player. So mm-hmm. I think this is this is just a, it's a smart move. If it makes even a minimal difference, and we don't see any more block punts the rest of the year, it's a home run. Like yeah, even if the improvement is tiny, you know this is obviously has been such a big issue for this team the last few weeks. And like you said, obviously I feel bad for George Stewart because. You know, Tom Telesco kind of hung him out to dry this year, you know, letting all these yeah. guys walk. And, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, it is Stewart's job as special teams coordinator to get the best out of his guys. And it just wasn't happening. I will say the last time that the Chargers made a coaching staff change midseason, it just gave like the one of the reasons they beat the Packers is just they were just fired up. And it was very simple. Obviously, you can't just, you know, give the ball to your best players on special teams. You just have a guy who returns kicks and Joe Reed's going to do that anyway. But the, the offense just came out against the Packers and the defense came out. Everyone just fired up and ready to go. There was a yeah. change. There was something. And, you know, and they, and they destroyed the Packers that game. And I, I don't know how much impact you can make on a, with a coaching staff change on special teams when you already have the guy anyway. But, you know, change is exciting. Change is different. You know, and if maybe, you know, Joe Reed pops off a decent kickoff return and, you know, Badgley makes a couple of kicks, praying, fingers crossed. You know, yeah. maybe it's like, Maybe we're past this. Maybe we don't have this issue anymore. You know, even if Burns does nothing the entire week, if he's a worse coach, who knows? But if if just something inspires change in this group and, you know, and shoot, the defense would sure appreciate it. You know, (laughs) that sucks. I mean, I I feel bad for them sometimes. It's like, okay, you get the ball at the one, go stop the Jets. Like, come on, dude. Like first and one at the one or it's like, geez, please help me out a little bit more than this. You know, they're letting teams... I didn't count last week, but, the, you know, up through the Dolphins game, they're letting defenses, or excuse me, letting the opposing teams start on the average on the 35 following a punt or missed field goal. The 35, right. like you're kicking, you're probably punting from the 30 or something. And if you're starting from the 35, letting them start from the 35, that's ridiculous. I mean, how many plays did we watch against the Raiders and the Dolphins where they're starting in Chargers territory? And again, against the Jets because of the block punt in Chargers territory. That's just not fair to the defense. Right. You know, and they're about to play the best offense they've placed in, in quite some time. 
I think. So if they can just get it together, you know, and then they play well and it gives the offense a little bit and it helps the defense defense out a little bit. They're not turning the ball over, not block, no blocked punts. I don't know. I just think you can help this team get over the hump by at least fixing the littlest things, even if it's just because of nothing but inspired change. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on it. And I would love to see like a clean game, you know, no penalties, no block punts, you know, even, you know, God forbid that they have it actually a good special teams performance for once in, in the season. <laughs> like, man, it was just if there was ever a perfect time for this team to to really play complimentary football and and have all three phases clicking, it would be this week against the Bills, because you're right, this this offense is probably the best that they've seen since Kansas City. It really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to take every single person on this team has to do their job this week for them to win. And, you know, whether it's the run game, you know, we've talked about this, you know, you have to have all five guys working in unison or, you know, you have one person get blown up and the yep. play gets the play goes to shit. And the same thing <laughs> with punt protection, like we saw with Joshua Kelly. It was literally one person did not do his job. <laughs> And yep. the punt got blocked and it set up a Jets touchdown. So, you know, this team needs every single person, one through 53, to do their job this week. And frankly, just don't fuck it up. <laughs> yep. Put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Put that on a t shirt. All right. So let's get into our predictions. I think this is a, this is a really interesting spot for the Chargers overall. And as we're recording this, the Bills are favored by five and a half points. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would definitely be betting on the Chargers covering that spread because, <laughs> you know, this is going to be a three point game. I almost yeah. guarantee it. Um, but what are, what are your overall thoughts and maybe do like a confidence meter and, and then obviously your prediction? Overall thoughts are some of it will depend on the injury report. We are recording this on Wednesday. So there's a lot, you know, I don't know. Was it really just kind of a rest day for Casey Hayward and Chenowosu and Melvin Ingram? Or are they really banged up? Are they not going to go? Is Eckler not playing? Is Harris not playing? You know, if those guys all return, I do feel a lot more confident about this game. Yeah. Um, I still, like, like I said, you're traveling. The Bills are off their bye week. The Chargers have to travel to the East Coast to play a game at 10 o'clock a.m. And I, I don't know how much Thanksgiving disrupts things, but just everything. It's just tough. It's really, really tough to go to Buffalo and play and win. The only thing I can say is that the Chargers, for whatever reason, seem to have the Bills number. Uh, I know this is kind of a different team. Last time they played was that the Nathan Peterman game? Eh? Was it? I'd think... love to see that again. Joey Bussett they... beating up on a white quarterback sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> like if, that wants, if he wants to repeat, that's fine. Absolutely. I know that they played in Buffalo recently. I don't know if that was. Oh, you're um... right. It was a Melvin Gordon half-decent kind of game. Yeah, okay. I think maybe that was 2018 <laughs> and the Peter yeah. game was 2017. All right. Well, either way, they've they've beaten Buffalo. They, they're good against Buffalo. That's kind of a Rivers thing, too, but that's another story. Uh, boy. Can they absolutely win this game? Sure. They could be undefeated right now because they've been in every game. Yeah. <laughs> except for maybe the Dolphins game. But even then, they had a chance. You know, you don't block a punt and get a touchdown. That game changes. Um. So as long as they take you know, the, the punt and run into an intentional safety and don't get a blocked punt. I think they'll be okay this weekend. I'm kidding. Please don't do that. <laughs> um, confidence meter. I am going to throw out a random number of 30% confident okay. that they can win this game. Um, that is an F minus by far in terms of confidence. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I don't know the difference between 30 and 35%. But anyway, point is, they have a shot. They absolutely have a shot. If the players return that are supposed to return, I even kind of think they might be a better overall team. But McDermott might be the better coach. They might be yeah. coached on offense. But right now, truly, in my opinion, the Chargers do have the better quarterback. Their stats overall the whole season are very similar. But Herbert just plays better based on what I've seen in a limited basis of Josh Allen. I do think Herbert's the better guy. I do think Allen makes dumb mistakes sometimes that Herbert hasn't really made. From, well, I guess he made it in the Denver game and the Dolphins game. Never mind. Ignore that. But I do think <laughs> Allen, I think Allen makes more mistakes and he has more interceptions. Um, so I think they have a chance. Just everything has to go their way. Play clean. Take advantage of things. 
and you know have a couple balls bounce your way and make a couple kicks and and who knows so they have a chance i don't know what else you asked me to answer so that that's all i got do you want to predict a, a score or not oh boy um i don't know <laughs> the 46 to 82 <laughs> no i mean it'll be you know 30 to 34 bills or something i think that yeah i think that sounds about what i would say as well i I will say, if Austin Eckler plays, man, I'm yep. calling a win. I, I really am. I think Austin Eckler makes a huge difference in this game because, the, you know, there's just outside of like the deep throws, there's just not like an element of explosiveness to this team that Austin Eckler can bring. And so mm-hmm. if Austin Eckler plays, I'm calling a win. If he doesn't, I think they will lose. I think it'll be very close because all the Chargers games are close. I think Justin Herbert's yeah. going to have a good game. Uh, a good game, a good game, <laughs> good Dame day, Lillard. day and game fours right, fours right there. So uh, <laughs> I think Justin Herbert is going to have a good game. I'm not super confident in the Bills defense. They've kind of re- regressed from last year. Um, obviously, depending on the weather, weather, I don't know if it's supposed to snow or not. But um, if it's decent weather, I think Herbert will have a good game. It's just I'm so worried about this defense. And yeah, outside of Joey Bosa, you know, we were having this conversation of like. Who's the second best defensive player on this team right now? Like it's probably either Michael Davis, Denzel Perryman, or Rayshon Jenkins. And Yikes! Yeah, they're they're all solid role players, but that sure that is not exactly no, inspiring. Yeah. So I just think this defense is in a rough spot, even with Chris Harris potentially coming back. You know, Casey Hayward's health does not help. Um, I'm with you. I would I would say like 40 percent confidence meter for me as well. Um, so if Austin Eckler plays. I think the Chargers will win 37 to 33, 34. And I think if Austin Eckler does not play, I think they will lose 34 to 30. So take that for what you will. But definitely bet on the Chargers covering that spread because five and a half uh, is free money, basically, if you're a person. <laughs> yeah, um, five and a half points. Yeah, it depends on the injury report for me. I just I'm too worried about the fact that they're gonna have Emeka Egbule as their second pass rusher, and that's kind of a nightmare. Although the Bills aren't a good offensive line, so who knows? Yeah, I think you know this is gonna be, you know, Joey Bosa played really angry last week, and <laughs> <laughs> you know they robbed him of that strip sack to to close the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bosa's gonna get probably two sacks this week. I, I just think it's gonna be a big time explosion game for him. Yep. Um, obviously Melvin Ingram playing opposite of him would help so that he doesn't get double teamed, but I, he's the one defensive player I think is going to have a very good game. And, you know, Denzel Perryman, I would love to see him force a fumble this week. Maybe Kenneth Murray finally gets to have his breakout game that we've all been waiting for. I just, I'm not confident in this defense. And, you know, we were talking about spying the quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen because Gus Bradley does not <laughs> like to do that. So, um, it should be a fun game though, man. And yeah, if you're not a Chargers fan, then you probably have a lot of fun watching Chargers games because they're always super competitive. They're always high scoring. Um, but I just think, like I said, if Austin Eckler plays, I think they'll win. If he doesn't, I think they will lose. Yeah. I, wow. That bit of a difference. I guess it depends on how much he plays. Yeah. If he, if you know, if he doesn't play, I don't think they're going to win. And, uh, Dang it, Steven. <laughs> trying to reconsider everything. Nah. Uh, I just don't know how much Eckler's going to play. Look, if anybody is going to come in and outperform expectations and be healthier than you would have possibly imagined, it's probably the guy who's got a 52-pack yeah. and, and you know does the rings like a gymnast, which I'm even slightly envious of. So, shoot. <laughs> I mean, go for it. Why not? Why not? Why not this week? You know? Why not? The Chargers are actually due for a decent win, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've only been the three worst teams in the league. Like they're they're due for a <laughs> win against a good team. <laughs> oh, that's really depressing. It is. It is. But you know, I honestly think that you know, at minimum, we'll, we'll see a close game. Justin Herbert's going to have a good game. Um, but it will. I just think this defense is in a bad spot almost regardless. So I, I think yeah. Austin Eckler, you know, gets you over the top of, of you know, getting to the requisite points. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's my thinking is that, 
even if Melvin Ingram and Casey Hayward and Chris Harris play, I just I don't think it matters all that much. I think the Bills are going to That's actually 30. a good point. That's I really think the sad. Bills are going to get to oh. 33, 34, 35 points almost regardless of who's playing. So I I just think Austin Eckler brings that explosiveness and you know gets the offense over the edge because you you can't count on this defense right now. That's that's my thinking of the of Austin Eckler being the X factor there. Gotcha. Yeah, that's actually really sad. If Inmosu, Ingram, Hayward <laughs> don't play, it almost wouldn't change anything. I mean, it would, but it kind of wouldn't because last week it sure as heck didn't. So, oh, that's that's really sad. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it is really sad. I wrote uh, in my article for uh, LAFB this week, you know, just Chargers defense is in a very unexpected transition period and potentially not having Ingram next year. Maybe they cut Casey Hayward. You know, maybe they cut Chris Harris already. I don't know, man. This this defense could be very, very different in 2021. Yeah, as far as the corner situation goes, I think they're just going to roll with Hayward and Harris. I mean, I know they've they've cut Davis on a two year deal before, and and Davis was healthy and available and, and doing just fine all season. So yeah. yeah, I guess they could move on from Harris. I just think, you know, Hayward's only cost you ten million dollars. I don't I don't know what else you're going to do with that. Yeah, but obviously we will uh, cross that bridge when we get there. So, Tyler, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? Uh, Nope. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your your day off. Uh, Definitely don't not don't have to listen to us tomorrow if you don't want if you don't want to. Uh, Listen to us on Friday if you choose. Obviously, if you're to this point, then you already listen. You already listened to us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You can stop now and list the last minute though. There we go. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have a great holiday, and uh, hopefully we'll be recording a after a Chargers win on Sunday. Unlikely. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com